With Capella University's FlexPath learning format, you can earn your degree online at your own pace and get support from people who care about your success. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. People love solving puzzles. First off, it's like a challenge to yourself. Here's an intriguing thing. Can I solve it? And a puzzle has to be done just right. Like if it's too hard, you lose interest. If it's too easy, you lose interest. So puzzles are like this fascinating form of entertainment that has existed for thousands of years. And I think I like puzzles also for two other reasons. One is I feel like it exercises my brain. So the more puzzles I solve, the more... I could, I don't know, avoid eventual dementia or whatever. I don't know if that's true or not. I don't know if there's any evidence of that, but it feels like I'm exercising my brain. Number two, I think I'm insecure. I want to think of myself as smart. I want other people to think I'm smart. And so doing puzzles is a way for me to see that I'm smart. I think part of that is the reason why I play chess too. Like chess is viewed throughout culture as this, intelligent thing. You have to be intelligent to play chess. I can assure you, having known a lot of chess players, that is the opposite of true. <laughs> that some I know some chess players that are very much not smart. And I also know my own intelligence is greatly in question when I do puzzles. I'm not really as good at them as I would like to be. I don't know. So I'm fascinated by the whole issue of puzzles. And of course, we've had on AJ Jacobs before to talk about puzzles. He wrote a book called The Puzzler and where he explores the world, finding the most interesting puzzles. It's a fascinating book. You should read it. But now he has started a podcast called The Puzzler. So he's coming on today. He's got a bunch of puzzles for me, which I hope they're audio puzzles. So even if you're driving in your car or at the gym, listen and see if you can solve the puzzles. Uh, and at the end of this episode, we release... So each one of AJ's puzzler podcast episodes are seven minutes. So at the end of this podcast, we have two never before released episodes of AJ's puzzles, one with Ken Jennings, who's the highest, highest paid winner on the show Jeopardy. He's great at solving puzzles and he co-hosts one of the episodes with AJ or several episodes with AJ. Another one, uh, the co-host is Baratundi Thurston, who co-hosts with AJ on another episode, but he's also the founding editor of Puck and host of the PBS series, American Outdoors, and he was on The Daily Show. They have many fascinating, challenging puzzles in those. So while you're listening, try to solve them, and you'll be able to hear firsthand what AJ's Puzzler podcast is like, so you could decide if you want to listen to more of those episodes on his feed. And again, I hope you enjoy, solve the puzzles, and have fun with this. This isn't your average business podcast, and he's not your average host. This is the James Altucher Show. I had to write this book faster than I had to write it like James Altucher, and I'm not James Altucher. So it was killing me. So I basically don't have any time, except I don't pee. I don't. Br I haven't brushed my teeth in about three months, which I guess is good because that, that's you're, what you're they following did. my hygiene standards. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're my hero in that way. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do an AJ style book. Like I won't brush my teeth or shower for a year, and this is what <laughs> happened. <laughs> So you do you do things like read the Encyclopedia Britannica in a year, or follow the Constitution literally for a year. And I don't shower for a year. That's a, <laughs> that's the difference. I did that in 2020, actually. I just never wrote a book about it. Uh, but you know, though, it's an interesting thing about the way you write and the way I write, in the sense that 
And I'm having this difficulty right now with the current project I'm on. I always write about things that happened to me in the past and how I kind of got through them. Like, oh, I went broke and this is how I got through it. Actually, a lot of it was me going broke again and again and writing new books about how I got through it. Uh, or I had to learn something really fast and this is, this is how I did it. But So I can write about the past and, and it's very quick to do that because I just have to remember what happened to me right. and then I write it. But you write about, you say to yourself, okay, I am going to create the world's largest family reunion a year from now. And then you have all these amazing experiences. You go on, a, on an adventure and you write about that. So it, t- it does. Your process takes years. Yeah, it is. It is a terrible idea that I had to do this kind of book because it is so time consuming. I should. I should do what you do. Write about the past. Write about my childhood. Write about all my failures. <laughs> I love that. Uh, no, but I, but but I'm following your. Oh yeah, you know, now you're new. What right is now. your new project? What is it? Well, well, and my listeners have heard this quite a bit, but I'll be I'll be brief. Where. In the 90s, I was a tournament-ranked, you know, chess master. So sure. And, I, and, and that was very difficult. It took me a lot of time and effort and energy, but I had to balance that with starting a business and starting a family and blah, blah, blah. But I then stopped for 25 years, and now I've started playing in tournaments again with the quest to go even beyond my ranking from before. And like... I've experienced something like an, an AJ style experience where I've had like these amazing adventures all over the world now. Like I've had dinner with the world chess champion. I've just was in Amsterdam observing this amazing tournament of former world champions. I've, I've, I've been all over the place on this adventure. I've taken lessons from the world memory champion because my memory is not as good now that I'm a little older. I've, <laughs> I've talked to sports psychologists, nutritionists, sleep specialists. All these things have happened to me in the past year or so that I've been doing this. And it's a, it's a hard, and then of course I've been documenting it and writing a book. I love this, it. This is a hard that. kind of book to write. I know, I'm telling you, but I'm very proud of you. That's exciting. That's very inspiring for middle-aged people like me uh, that you're back in the game. Like the rookie, what was that? Maybe it was a Dennis Quaid movie. Like no, it uh, was a Robert Redford, the natural, the Robert Redford movie. Oh, that. Oh no, Dennis Quaid also. Dennis Quaid also. Yeah, where he was a pitcher. Who right? knows? But yeah. it's a good genre. It's a good genre. Old people and going back. Maybe even the uh, Rodney Dangerfield back to school, like the where you could go back to college. But like, let me ask you a question. Let's say I'm so I'm assuming I am going to accomplish the goal of my quest. But but part of what's been interesting is that the the quest itself as you know creates lots of adventures. But what if you don't like what if you didn't have the world's largest family reunion? Would you be able to write a book? Or what if you didn't weren't able to read the full Encyclopedia Britannica? Would you be able to write a book? Uh you know, you you you've had all these quests. What if you don't you have you have adventures, but what if you don't reach the final outcome, your yeah. goal? Yeah. Well, you know this you know the saying uh, which I know you don't agree with 100%, and neither do I, but it is a lot about the journey, not all about the journey, but the goal. So, And the more uh, problems you in, uh, encounter, the more conflict, no one wants to see you succeed. Imagine if you succeeded in your goal in like a week. That is a terrible book. So you want to have pain and suffering. You want the readers to enjoy the torture. But to answer your question, you can always accomplish something. So for instance, I'm writing a book now, The Year of Living Constitutionally. And one of the- And that means you take regular bowel movements or what does that mean? <laughs> I don't discuss that uh, in the book. Maybe because you know, your, your constitution uh, sure, is- Sure, you know, no, very well done, very well done. Now this is, I'm trying to express my constitutional rights in the most original way possible using the technology of 1789. So I have a musket that I like to uh, bear and carry around New York. Um, I uh, I quartered some soldiers uh, and uh, I expressed <laughs> my free speech by writing pamphlets and handing them out. So I'm having a great time. But one of the one of the goals is to bring back the election cake, which was a Back in the day, in the 1700s, elections were a party. Like People looked forward to them. You'd go and there was election cake, a lot of rum, a lot of rum punch. You'd get I, drunk. I, I love this idea. So I'm trying to bring that back. And I have 
my, my goal is to get someone in every one of the 50 states to make an election cake on this coming election. And I've got like about 46 states, so I may not get to 50, but there's always ways, like I can always say, listen, in the Constitution, it only says you have to have three quarters of the state um, legislatures pass an amendment. So I have way past three quarters. So I won in that way. So you can always right. figure out a way to adjust your goal. So you, you've reframed, you've reframed what winning means in this case. Exactly. For you. I mean, that's that's our job. We can do that. We're the writers. Who's going to say no? So I, I do want to ask you a lot more about the Constitution one, if that's okay, because uh, I know you're working on it, and we'll of course do another podcast when the book comes out. But I have so many questions, and I want I do want to ask you about your current podcast, The Puzzler, based on your last book, which was you flying around the world for a year, doing all the most amazing puzzles and learning about the most amazing crazy puzzles, and now you're doing a podcast about it. I love your last book because puzzles are a passion of mine, i.e. Chess puzzles, as an example. We have a um, chapter. I had a chapter on chess puzzles, as you know. Yeah, with my friend Cyrus Lakdawalla. Yeah, so, and Gary Kasparov. Gary Kasparov, another friend of mine. So another guest of the, on this podcast. But um, uh, you know, one one example of quote unquote win, like when I was a kid, I was the New Jersey Junior Champion, right? And now I'm the Georgia Senior Champion. So I am. <laughs> <laughs> I am the champion for all people above the age of 50 in Georgia. And then there when I played go. in the national tournament, I did very well. So like against older people, I'm better than I ever was. Yeah. Or at least You're I'm like, a champion. But, That's the key. I mean, I do love it. We 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 tend to slice and dice so much. Like um yeah. I mean, this one the new podcast, The Puzzler, which I'm very excited about. We we got a note from Apple Podcasts, that we were number one in the leisure category. We, and it, my lifelong dream, we I fulfilled because I beat the guys from Duck Dynasty, you know, those hunting guys. So we yeah, beat yeah. them out in the leisure category. Oh, oh, they were the top podcast in the leisure category. So yeah. that many people, so in order, the way the Apple algorithm works is, it's not necessarily how many downloads you had that week. It's how many new subscribers you had. Ah. So beginning, so beginning podcasts tend to rise very quickly to number one. I'm not downgrading. Like, <laughs> you, you know, there's many leisure podcasts. There's two million podcasts out there. There's many leisure ones. You were number one out of all of them. Right, so that's great. Right. But what what it also tells me what you just said is that Duck Dynasty continuously adds new subscribers if they're constantly oh, at number one. Oh, interesting. Like, All right. Like, why are they, how are they adding new subscribers? Like, is that show still going on even? I don't know. Well, now that that gives me even more fuel to uh, crush them in the long term. So yeah, you've, uh, got to, you've got to take them off that pedestal. So we got to see where you are next week, the week after. We've got to exactly. help you continue yes, adding please, new subscribers. Please subscribe so I can beat Duck Dynasty. And you've had on like Ken Jennings, you've had on all, all these people to to help you with, with yeah. puzzles. What are some of the uh, fun puzzles that you've done on the podcast? And, and also, I love the fact that it's a seven-minute podcast. It is, exactly. It's like a little amuse-bouche, a little treat. And by the way, you are going to come on, I hope, right? You'll be- Of course. You, all right. So you're, we'll, we'll set that up later. But yeah, the podcast, very short, daily. And the idea is that every day I do a fun- original audio puzzle with a celebrity guest like Ken Jennings or Mo Rocca and listeners get to play along and they love beating the celebrity by the way so that that's a good lesson like that uh, is such a fun idea uh so we've had uh we do lots of different kinds of puzzles new puzzles all original but um well I'll give you an example of one that we came up with it's called uh it's sort of an audio rebus so let me give you an example. Ready? Yeah. I'm going to say a word in a certain way, like a certain tone of voice or an accent maybe. And if you combine that word and the way I said it, you're going to get a phrase, a two-word phrase. So for instance, it's easier than it sounds. If I said, tide, that would be, the answer is rising tide. 
because the tide is rising. <laughs> oh my God. I, okay, do another one. It sounds like I'm going to be really bad at this one because I had no idea. I was trying to figure out what accent is that uh, that he did that, but, <laughs> well, but you're depends. rising in tone. It depends so partly on my acting abilities, which are not the strongest, but I have been able to communicate. Okay, we'll try this one. Yeah. Dressing. Dressing. Uh, French dressing. French dressing. See? That was good enough, my accent. You got what about this one? Chairs. Chairs. Uh uh. I'm singing the word chairs. I, I, I know. So so musical chairs. Musical chairs. You got yeah. it. You want one a little harder? Like a little more? Yeah, yeah. Let's do a hard one. All right, here's one. Har Ted. So that's H-E-A-R. T-E-D. So the word is hearted, but it's har-ted. So you are not, your heart is not intact. Your heart is... Uh, A broken heart. Broken hearted. Exactly. Yeah, broken hearted. So there you Uh, go. So you gave me me a lot of hints there. (laughs) One one more without any hints. And let me, let me, give me some space to. to, Yeah, okay. No, you're right. Because people do like to hear like you, you struggle. I mean, I, I realize that. And I'm, I've got to resist giving people the answer too quickly. Uh, All right. Well, what about hospitality? Southern hospitality. All right. Now you've got it. What about this one? Last one. Uh, Ramadan or Yom Kippur? Uh, 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 Chinese takeout. <laughs> You're doing word association? Because <laughs> it's, it's like fast food that, that Jews do oh, on a holiday. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. It's a, well, if I had said but on Ramadan, though, they, on Ramadan, though, they fast, and on Yom Kippur, they fast. So it doesn't quite work for those two holidays you chose. Well, so. that, that was it. You got oh, but, it. I give you full. It was Ramadan fast or Yom Kippur fast. But fast food actually works uh, very well. If I had said like, yeah, I should have said like, yeah. You said uh, for Christmas. Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's just one of them. Um, but but yeah, we're what, what's a, a, I, you were doing like anagrams in one of them. Yeah, we have anagrams, which... uh, How do you present that audio in an audio way? Well, it is interesting, yeah. I mean, we tell the guests to get out a pencil. Most of ours don't need a pencil. But here, I'll give you an example. Like, this is... I'm going to give you an anagram of a job. We did one where it was all jobs. So if it is... um, I'm going to give you an anagram, and you have to rearrange the letters to get a job that is described by these words. So, moon... Now, let me ask you a question. What? As people are doing these, are they writing down the letters so they remember, or...? Sometimes, 90%... Okay, I'll try it without writing down. Yeah, 90% are totally audio. You don't need to write them down, 95. Okay. All right, moon starer. So, moon starer. What is a job where you stare at the moon? Moon starer. Um, and then it's an anagram of the phrase moon starer? Yeah, it's an anagram of moon starer. Astronomer. Astronomer. Exactly. You got it. Yes, it's totally true. Airbnb has changed my life. If anything, they have made my life so much better. Like I used to live in Airbnbs. I I lived in over 100 or 200 different Airbnbs over a three-year period, and I loved it. I I became a really good guest of Airbnbs, and I got to know lots of hosts. So when I initially owned a house, I, of course, the first thing I thought was, I'm going to turn my house into an Airbnb because I travel a lot. So why leave my house unused when I can make a side income by letting others Airbnb my house or come to stay in my house as guests? And having my own Airbnb or, or being a host for Airbnb has allowed me to do just that. And I've met other hosts. I've actually spoken at Airbnb's host conference. I think it was in 2017. I met so many just nice hosts. It's a great community. And I love you know, turning my own home into an Airbnb. Like I'm traveling to Austin next month. My home's going to be an Airbnb. 
while I'm away and I'll stay in an Airbnb. I'd rather stay in like a three-story house Airbnb than in one tiny hotel room in, in the middle of Austin during South by Southwest. So listen, while you're away, your home could be an Airbnb. Many people host on Airbnb, but there are people who are just letting their house sit empty, who've never thought about it or didn't realize their space could be an Airbnb. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and is a great way to earn some extra money. So if you have a home, but you're not always at home, then you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Daylight savings time is starting up again. Okay, podcast is over. That's all you needed to know. But why do we have uh, daylight savings time? Answer, to give us more daylight from March through November. By setting your clocks forward, it may feel like there are more hours in the day that initial, when we initially start daylight savings. But if you're hiring, it doesn't necessarily help you find qualified candidates for your roles any sooner. There's only one way to do that, ZipRecruiter. And right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash James. ZipRecruiter works around the clock to find qualified candidates for you. Once you post your job on ZipRecruiter, they send it to 100-plus job sites so you reach more of the right people. This is such a brilliant idea for a business, and ZipRecruiter did it. So ZipRecruiter's smart technology also quickly scans thousands of resumes to identify people whose skills and experience match your job. I've used ZipRecruiter particularly as a potential employee, and I still to this day get messages every day. James Aldacher, would you like to apply to be VP of entertainment at NBC or whatever. So there's just nonstop emails. Like I got five or six emails today because of because a year ago I signed up for ZipRecruiter. So spring forward with a new hiring partner, ZipRecruiter, and find top talent sooner. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash James. Once again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash James. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Do another one. You want another? All right. <laughs> Sorry, I, I, love, I love these. So I love gotta... that you love them. All right, well, what about bag manager? Bag manager, someone who has to Hoist a lot of bags, throw them around. Uh, I don't know what what kind of person. And the bags, bags, the bags are kind of smelly sometimes, leaking. Oh, oh, oh uh, bag manager, garbage man, garbage man, exactly. Yeah. What about this one? You, this one is something. Um, this job might say, and you and I have dealt with a lot of these over the years. They might say strolls. What's a <laughs> stroll? <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, no, this is um, redo it. Redo it. Uh, this is, you've written how many books? So you've dealt with quite a few. Oh, editor. Editor, exactly. Yeah. So how, how did you describe that on the podcast? Did you say, oh, someone who helps you with your writing? or Because yeah. it's not just... Well, we can say someone I've had to dealt with over the years. I've dealt with so many different types of people. It was hard for me to find the job. That's true. Well, what really was the first thing that came to mind? <laughs> you definitely so, have dealt with those. Well, I think. I mean, what we do is we um, we really tailor the puzzles to the guest. So we had Ken Jennings on this week. Is Ken Jennings, and we had uh, a whole bunch of. Real, we had one which was audio quiz of game show sound effects. So we would give him, play him an actual game show sound effect, like, ah, and he would have to say what game show that was. That was family. Oh, that, that was Jeopardy. That was family. Well, you know what? It could be Jeopardy. Well, I, I'm not. Oh, well, oh, no, actually, it's not Jeopardy because there's no sound. They just say, no, I'm sorry. Oh, wait, but. Well, they do, play, do there are sound yeah. effects. They're like, doo, doo, doo. Uh, but he. He is an amazing puzzler, as you can imagine. Yeah. So yeah. it was hard to stump him, but we did stump him on a couple of those, which was very exciting. Uh, 
we did another one that was a geography game because he's a big, a big uh, geography head, and that he, there's no way he could lose a geography. Oh my god, it was crazy, it was crazy. Like yeah, one was like one puzzle involved the capital of um, Armenia, and it was just like no problem. Yerevan. Wow, good for you. That is good. That wasn't the actual puzzle because that's just trivia. We I was just talking little- to someone from Armenia like literally 20 minutes before this podcast started. So Is that how you got here? And he was telling me some we were talking about Israel and stuff. So then we 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 got to um what he's dealing with geopolitically. So so Yerevan came up in the top in the conversation. I love it. Look at that. It's our German Shepherd. I am the le- hello German Shepherd. We're, we are in the middle of a podcast, but that is our German Shepherd. You remember we did now. we did a good or bad episode about dogs. Yes, I, and I probably was on the side of bad. Sure, exactly. So what happened? Well, I was overpowered by everybody else in the family who wanted a dog. And if you have kind of like a, let's say, house in the country, nobody will rob you if you have a dog. Interesting. Because dogs will kill you. And so, like, after, did you know after the um, Charles Manson thing in, in LA in 1969 or whenever it was, um, every, like, you couldn't even buy a dog because everybody was trying to, because apparently the Manson family did try to get into some houses <laughs> really? where there were dogs and they d- couldn't because the dogs will kill you. And so everybody started buying dogs after the Manson family, you know, did the Sharon Tate murders and all that. So, so the supply of dogs went to zero in LA, and the price of dogs went way up. That like, is interesting. Now, yeah. that would not work with my dog because she would just roll over and splay her legs and try to get a tummy rub from the from the intruder. Like Jay walked in a couple of days ago, and he the dog hadn't remembered Jay, and he was barking. That was pretty ferocious, Jay. Right? Like you were scared for a moment. Uh, yeah, a little bit, but 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 I also know him, and he know right, I, so I know he, that he knows me too. So. Yeah, one. Yeah, you were confident that once he saw you and smelled you and stuff, that you would be. But like when when Jay was just at the door, this is the loudest bark you've ever. Like you sound like it sounds like you're about to get killed by a wolf. So like the growl <laughs> yeah. and the bark. Well, I do. So, I did. I think come out on the side that dogs are genuinely good. I I've actually become radicalized. I think they are like not just good, but extremely good. I think that there should be a government program where you are given a free dog. At birth, and uh, you know that would well. You do. You might be right. I mean, I watched how John, my stepson, trained this dog, and it really taught him about a lot about you know the whole aspect of training the dog is very complicated and and disciplined, and also you know dogs for a million and a half years evolved with hominids. You you know basically various human species, and we kind of like evolved together. And one of my favorite cartoons, I don't remember who wrote it, but it was a picture of a, a wolf by a fire, you know, a caveman fire. And he's like, well, I'm going to get closer and get a little meat. What could go wrong? Cut to the next panel. It's one of those poodles in Japan that have been shaved into cubes. Have you ever seen those? And they're no. just the weirdest looking. Oh, my God. The fur is in cubes. And it is just... No dignity for these dogs whatsoever. Because, so I love because that. Because that's just like a cosmetic thing as opposed to like, let's say you have a cute dog, like a French poodle. That's evolved to be a cute dog for some reason. Like what was a French poodle evolved for? Oh, and this is, this is our um, oh, you cockatoo. Got Lulu, can well, you talk? Look at that. Lulu, hi, Lulu. Say hello to AJ. Can you say hi, AJ? <laughs> He gets he gets a little shy. He's shy. She gets a little yeah. shy. She doesn't like to be on uh, on she knows, podcasts. She knows she's on camera. Yeah, so she doesn't know what. To, she's a little tongue tied. Literally. That is funny. No, Look at you. Kiss. You she's got just, a menagerie there. I know. That is that is the new James <laughs> Altucher. I did not see coming. The Doctor Doolittle phase. So t- tell me. Okay, wait, wait. One more puzzle, and then it's on to constitutions. <laughs> Excellent. Oh yeah, let me. I got some good ones for you. Okay, how about this? This is a puzzle we came up with where it's um, based on a character named guy who hasn't seen a movie. Guy who enthusiastically describes movies he has not seen based on the title. So that's the whole puzzle. So for instance, if this guy says 
oh man, there's this movie coming out, or this movie that I heard about. It's got Jerry Seinfeld's zany neighbor, and he clones himself. And then Kramer versus the two Kramer. Clo- exactly. You miss the dark ending where I say he the clones have a fight to the death, mixed <laughs> martial arts battle. But um, but yes, you got it. All right, I'll give you another couple. What about? Oh man, I hear there's this great movie about the Las Vegas football team and their search for Noah's boat from the Bible, which has gone missing. Uh, so I I wouldn't know the Las Vegas football. I mean, maybe I would. I don't know the Las, I don't think Las Vegas has a football team, do they? They do. It moved. It moved from Oakland. Oh, oh, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Exactly. All right, one more, one more. A piece. hard one. How about? Oh, really? Okay. How about this one? This is about the premise of this movie. It's it's really cool. The thirty third president of the United States comes in third. In a horse race. Uh-huh. So 33rd resident, he, who was right after FDR. He took over from FDR and then immediately entered a horse race. And he came in third. Uh, uh, okay, don't, don't say and anything. Then, and also dropped the atomic bomb. Uh, that, so that's someone describing that movie. Right. Uh, okay, let me the see. The 33rd president I might not enters know this a horse movie. race. I think you know it. Um, okay, well, who on, took out? Who dropped the atomic bomb? Did you see Oppenheimer? Yeah, yeah, no, I know Truman. Uh, okay, so Truman, right? Yeah, and oh, if, oh, if you come in third in a horse race, you're not winning. You are not placing. You are. I don't know. Actually, you're not placing. You're. What is it? Win for? place. Oh, I don't the even know. The Truman, Jim Carrey. Oh, the Stars Truman Show. This? Yeah, okay. The Truman Show. You gave me so many hints. I, that one I would not have gotten. <laughs> I got the Truman part instantly, but I would not I have gotten. I thought you were a gambler. That's interesting. You just never did horse gambling. No, I never did horse gambling at all. Never played the ponies. All right. Uh, so, yeah, I love I love doing these, and I just feel, you know, I've made the pitch before on your show. Like, puzzles are not trivial. They're, like, good for you. They're yeah. They're good for teaching you how to think. They're good for waking your brain up. So that is the pitch. It's like just five minutes. Someone wrote in like a review. It's like, you know, a caffeine hit of joy. And uh, I love that description. Well, every morning, do you, have, do you have a puzzle routine you do every day? Like a lot of people do, like I do Wordle every day from the New York Times. I do. I do. I'm actually not a Wordler. I do the New York Times crossword puzzle. I do spelling bee. Which I do annoys me. Yeah. I I hate that I am addicted to it, but I can't stop. And I also try the, the connections. I do connections. Connections is hard. That one. Yeah, it is like it can be hard. Like, especially if you don't know, like your NHL hockey teams yeah, yesterday. Yeah, like I feel here's why I don't like connections or crossword puzzles. It's because I feel like you need <laughs> some cultural IQ, you know, to solve a yeah. lot of these. I will say though, the best crossword puzzles are not about what is the capital of Bulgaria. Although you okay. happen to know Sophia. what the capital of Armenia. <laughs> Sophia is the capital of Bulgaria. with your capitals. The, so. the best one, the crossword puzzles, in my opinion, are the ones which are all about wordplay and the, like a little trick. It's almost like um, a magic trick, like a misdirect. So... Like, if you ask Will Shorts, the editor in the New York Times crosswords, what's his favorite clue ever? The one that uh, was A.J. Jacobs. <laughs> that should be his, his favorite. <laughs> that, uh, that was a real crossword like, puzzle. That was. I was in the cross, one down. It was the highlight of my life. <laughs> uh, but the uh, yeah, he said something like, um, this turns into another story. And the answer is spiral staircase. So it's all oh, about That's like, beautiful. So... Yeah, I mean it's not my favorite. I think it's good, but uh, but that type is the one I like. The, See, uh, the, I the like that because words. you can appreciate the artistry to create that clue and that answer. But if it's just like, what's the capital of Bulgaria? That's boring to me. Like, okay, yeah, I, I agree. Can, either I know it or I don't. And if you don't know it, then you got to figure out everything around it. But what if you don't know those? And but and connections. There's some skill to it too because you got to make sure. Oh, they try to trick you. A word, a word could be in two categories, so you have to kind of figure the whole thing out before you start guessing. But I like Wordle because of the anagram aspect. So uh, it's just uh, 
you know, it's, it, you just have to, it's just like, yes, you have to have a, a decent vocabulary, but none of the words are that, that fancy. It's only five letters. And so you have right. to use a lot of like logical thinking to to figure it out. That's true. I will say, I mean, English in one sense is a terrible language because the pronunciation and spelling is so nuts. Yeah. Uh, there's There are basically 44 sounds in the English language. So like, because there's more than just the letters, there's also shh and things like that. So there are 44 sounds, but there are over 1,000 ways to spell those 44 sounds, uh, wow. which is insane and terrible and worse than most other languages. Uh, so, you know, just like the O-U-G-H can be pronounced through tough, uh, cough, like a hundred different ways. Well, it's uh, funny you say that. I was just thinking of the sound, you know, the F sound. So that could be O-U-G-H, or it could be the letter F, or it could be P-H. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, you've, have you ever seen the famous uh, rebus? It's G-H-O-T-I. And yeah. the you say, what is that? And it is, have you seen that? It's fish. I've seen the, the word, G- but I don't know what it means. G-H is from fish, I mean, from tough, so you get, f- and then the um, oh, that's funny. O is from women, so you get the I, and then the T-I is from, like, you know, nation, so you get the sh, so fish. So it's a terrible language in some ways, but the one upside is it is great for puzzles. So yeah. thank God for the crazy, crazy spelling. Right, like if we were just a Latin language, then everybody just has to like break it down to Latin and figure it all out. <laughs> right, Esperanto is the least fun language for puzzles ever. I mean, I often wish that we had, in some ways, Esperanto as the world language. I think in some ways it would be a better world, but it would suck. For the puzzlers. When you were a kid, when you were a kid, did you try to learn Esperanto? I feel like every kid has made an attempt to learn Esperanto. <laughs> I did learn, like, yeah, basically like ten words. What about you? Have, did yeah, you like ten words, and then it, it was for a half a millisecond. I tried to learn it. <laughs> I actually started a book all about language, and maybe I'll go back to it. But there's been some fascinating um, attempts at like an ideal utopian language. One of them I liked, I would think it was in the 1940s was to get rid of nouns because nouns are very pigeonholing and, and, and bad for, uh, for instance, if you say like, you know, that person's nat, Russell Crowell is an asshole. That's not really true. He he can be an asshole. He acts in an assholeic way in certain situations. Right, but you're saying but he's not you, actually one. He's not literally he's not, one. <laughs> well, that's true too. Okay. But you or even just a jerk. But it's the idea is you don't want to label someone with a noun because once they become that label, then they live up to it. Well, but so what you're really saying is don't have adjectives. So and if you think about it, I, like that's what you're saying, right? Because in that case, asshole or jerk was an adjective. No, no, he is an asshole. You can say, you can say he was acting in an assholic way, which I guess is more of an adverb. Um, but you, or you, yes, you want to mostly change it to verbs, so not adjectives, not nouns. It was a very verb-based language. So what you are doing right now is what you focus on, as opposed to painting someone with that brush. So I also like say, though that then tones become a lot more important. So some languages do have a lot of tones in them, like Hebrew being one of them. So uh, where where this where the way you say something changes the meaning. Right, exactly. Yeah, so, Chinese I know, which I know very little about, but uh, yeah, and different African languages with the clicks and uh uh but that's interesting. I will tell you I love la- linguistics, which I think plays part in why I love the word puzzle so much. Can I tell you my favorite fact that I still remember from my Of course. Uh all right. And I don't know, you might want to bleep this out. But anyway, some languages, not a lot, some have what are called infixes. Infixes are like suffixes and prefixes, but they're in the middle of the word. Suffix at the end, prefix, and it changes the meaning of the word. So like it might be something that pluralizes the word, but it's in the middle. Um, English has one infix, and only one, and that infix is... Wait, wait, hold on, let me try to... 
I don't think I could guess it, but uh, I don't know. Well, I did. I did give you a hint when I said you might need to bleep it. All right, tell me. Because <laughs> it's an intensifier, meaning it makes it more intense. So, oh, f- uh, the word fuck. <laughs> yeah, in fucking credible, unfucking believable. Yeah, Alabama. fucking Bama. That is literally our only. So there are all these quirks of the English language that we we just take for granted. That is fascinating. So you know why didn't you finish that book? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, you know why? Because my publisher was like, nah, "That's too like that's too into like no one wants to read that." Yeah, it's like a so, linguistics uh, book. <laughs> exactly. So maybe I'll figure out a way to do it. Such a fun interview with AJ. And now keep the podcast on because we're releasing two never before heard episodes of The Puzzler. They're seven minutes each. Try to solve the puzzles in AJ's new podcast episodes. Here they are. Hey, listen, men's health is important. Men act all cocky and like they don't need anything. But the reality is, as you get older, there's some things you need. And it often feels like we're too busy to take care of our health problems. Like, I'd rather do anything than go to the doctor or the dentist or the pharmacy or whatever. But now you don't have to waste your time if you use HIMS. HIMS, H-I-M-S, HIMS is changing men's health care by providing simple and convenient access to science-backed treatments for erectile dysfunction hair loss, weight loss, and more. The entire process is 100% online, so you get a new routine of improving your overall health faster. Jay, you listening to all this? Yes, I'm definitely going to use him from now Not on. that you need it. You're, you're young and healthy. James, I'm 35. You, you're getting there. You might, you might need it. Who knows? But if prescribed, your medication ships directly to you for free and indiscreet packaging. No insurance is needed. You can manage your plan on the HIMSS app, track progress, and learn more about your conditions and how to treat them from leading medical experts. Start your free online visit today at hymns.com slash James. Could you imagine that there's a whole section just with my name on it? Hymns.com slash James. That's how I how much I am representative of the kind of person who needs hymns. That's HIMS.com slash James for your personalized treatment options. Hymns.com slash James. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate. Restrictions apply. See hymns.com slash James for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies based on product and subscription plan. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello, puzzlers. Welcome to the Puzzler Podcast, the miracle grow for your puzzle garden. I'm your host, AJ Jacobs, and I am here with our guest for the entire week, the amazing Ken Jennings, host of the Omnibus Podcast, Jeopardy legend, and author of the newish book, 100 Places to See After You Die, which explores depictions of the afterlife in literature and pop culture. Welcome, Ken. Thank you for having me, AJ. Ken and I, I'm proud to say, have known each other a long time. I interviewed you when uh, you were on your first Jeopardy streak, and I had just written a book where I read the encyclopedia. You, at the time, asked me what I remembered from the encyclopedia, and I am very excited that that it, it stuck with you, the, the, the main fact that I have taken away. I still, I still think and talk about this. Opossums have 13 nipples. 
You read, yes. you read, you read millions of words and this is, uh, <laughs> a few other things did. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, opossum is a funny word. I like the word opossum and, and, you know, nipple was also hard to forget. So, and 13, it had all of the elements. <laughs> it's got everything. Got everything. Uh, well, one of my favorite books, you've written several books. One of my favorite books you wrote is called Maphead, and it is about your obsession with maps. And I still remember some of your favorite places from that book, like uh, Hibbert's Gore, Maine. Do you remember Hibbert's Gore, Maine? Population yeah. Oh, one. yeah, it's only one person, right? And, right. Uh, and as a result, the census data for Hibbert's Gore, Maine, actually tells you everything about that person because they publish averages. So you can find out what her income is, what her age is. It's uh, She's been docked by the Census Bureau. That is unfortunate. Uh, she needs to get at least one other person so she can average it out. Well, in honor of MapHead, this puzzle is about geography. Okay. And it is called Putting the Pan in Panama. So every answer is going to contain the name of a country as well as a word consisting of the first three letters of that country. So... Or three or four letters in some cases. So, for instance, if the clue is, I got a massage and a seaweed wrap in Madrid. The solution might be, I went to a spa in Spain. There you go. I, I wish I could count that, but that was the sample one. So, uh, But these next ones are, uh, are fully for uh, accreditation. Well, I hope they all have the capital in them because I studied those for Jeopardy back in the day. Oh, nice. And you still think you've got all of the capitals in there? Probably. I mean, I'm a pretty big map nerd. Like when I say I studied, I mean like I was six years old, like reading the Atlas for fun. So hopefully it stuck with me. The post, uh, the post 1990 stuff, all the post Soviet stuff, maybe I don't know because I was. was, Interesting. All right. Well, we'll see. We will see. I think there is a couple of capitals. Uh, the first one is, I bought some lingerie for my wife at Copacabana Beach. Copacabana, as Barry Manilow taught us, is in Rio, I think. That would be Brazil. <laughs> so it's bra and Brazil. There it is. He doesn't have any trouble. I kind of figured. All right, what about this one? This one is a little pop culture. I passed the legal exam in Rihanna's country of birth. I passed the legal exam. He's, sh- he's nodding his head. See, like I'm used to this on Jeopardy. You're already parsing when you're talking. So as, as you're talking about the law, I'm like, what are three-letter words related to the law? LSAT is not going to start any countries, but bar, those are the first three letters in Barbados, where Rihanna's from. Oh, my God. Exactly. Well, should I just read the first, like, three words of the clue, and then you can answer? I don't know if I'm... I don't usually request more difficulty, but yeah, yeah. I mean, if you want to stop before the country does and see if I can read your mind. Oh, Okay. All right, that'll be interesting. I replenished my vital energy in vital energy. Vital energy in the Andes. Oh. In the Andes. Well, that makes it a little easier. Oh, I was spelling chi with a Q, and I didn't have it, so it's chi and uh, Chile. There you go. Yes, I might sense. have the wrong. I might have the more anglicized spelling. So. So bad on me. That's my bad. Well, it could have been China. It. Also, there's there's two CHI countries. That's true. That's true. Uh, yes. So replenished my chi. Chi is the Eastern energy in Chile. All right. Couple more. You're doing uh, as expected. Pretty good. All right. Here is a capital. We got a capital. I snapped my ulna in Yerevan. I snapped my ulna oh, in Yerevan. Ulna. Yeah, Yerevan's the capital of Armenia, and the ulna is a bone in your, uh, what, your upper arm. Arm in Armenia. Arm in Armenia, exactly. All right. Or wait, lower arm, right? I said upper, but maybe it it's is. Lower. I was going to correct you, but I then thought... You're allowed to correct me? Well, it was going to be an Easter egg for the for the listeners. Like, yeah, there's nothing people it. like more than finding a podcast uh, host or guest in a mistake. It's It, it, it will make their <laughs> whole day. They're That's yelling at, at the car radio right now. Well, we'll we'll insert some mistakes just for that their pleasure. Uh, all right, final one. I did some planet gazing in the Bikini Atoll. The planet gazing in the Bikini Atoll. Planet gazing. Now, I did mention. I hope it's either three or four letters. It's right. not always three. Oh, I see. 
Mars is four letters. You did mention that. So the Bikini Atoll must be in the Marshall Islands, which I didn't know. I learned something today, AJ. Oh, my God. This is huge. This is huge. All right. Well, I feel I've done my job then. Opossums have 13 nipples, and the Bikini Atoll is in the Marshall Islands. Well, Ken, you did not do so bad, as expected. You did great. If we had cash prizes, we would give you one. Wait, there there aren't cash prizes? <laughs> <laughs> no, you get our esteem. Our, uh, this is like the love. first year they let pro basketball guys in the Olympics. And they're like, <laughs> what? I don't, I'm not getting a check for this? <laughs> it's true. You are the equivalent of a pro basketball player. Uh, so where can people find more Ken Jennings content if they want? Which they should. Our 100 Places to See After You Die is uh, just kind of a fun faux travel guide to different Versions of the afterlife, all the way from the ancient Babylonians and Egyptians, all the way up through uh, TVs, The Good Place, theme park rides, comic books, video games. And uh, it's on sale wherever books are sold. Independent bookstores, evil e-retailers. It's everywhere, AJ. It's a great book. I loved it. And I learned a ton, uh, including hell with one L. Not yeah, hell the, with two. The Norse hell. They couldn't afford the second L. That's how that's how threadbare <laughs> Viking culture was. They had to save those elves. All right. Well, before we wrap up, as always, there's an extra credit puzzle for those at home. Actually, I'll give them two. I got E. coli from some undercooked sour braten. And how about this one? Uh, I got into a bit of a sticky wicket at the Bob Marley Museum. So, puzzlers, please don't forget to subscribe to the Puzzler Podcast, and I'll meet you here tomorrow for more puzzling puzzles that will puzzle you puzzlingly. Hello, Puzzlers. Welcome to the Puzzler Podcast, the emotional running to the airport scene in your puzzle romantic comedy. I'm your host, AJ Jacobs, and I am here with our guest, the great Baratunde Thurston, writer and host of many, many things, including How to Citizen, the podcast right here on iHeart. Welcome, Baratunde. Hello, AJ. Thank you so much for having me. I'm looking forward to not embarrassing myself. Yes, we will keep the, em <laughs> the embarrassment to a minimum. It's usually me who embarrasses myself. So. Okay. But I actually don't know. I, I, I've read a lot about you, but I don't know. Are, are you a puzzle fan at all? Crosswords, jigsaw, word puzzles, anything like that? Nothing consistently. I've had uh, bouts, phases <laughs> of puzzledom. Uh, COVID was a, a big puzzle phase, of course, uh, as we were all held hostage uh, by ourselves in our homes. I still have a puzzle on our dining table. We've been working on it, my wife and I, for six months. And we actually have guests coming over this weekend. And we need to finish it because other people need to sit at the table. So I am. this is going to help me get in a puzzle frame of mind so that I can finish the puzzle in my life, which is soon to get in the way of me living my life. We are here to help. <laughs> Prime my puzzle pump. Yeah. I thought when you said you had friends coming over, you were going to put them to work. We actually did that. We had a friend come over after drinks, and the three of us worked together and made more progress in an hour than you know Elizabeth and I had made in, uh, in many, many, many weeks. <laughs> well, we're going to give you a puzzle. It's not a jigsaw puzzle. Okay. This puzzle is called Your Moment of Zen. And oh. it's, it's partly in honor of your former job at The Daily Show, Great. but mostly it's in honor of your wonderful podcast, How to Citizen, because like the word citizen, all the answers to these clues contain the word zen. Okay. So if, for instance, I said a baker's one of these has 13, the solution might be... Dozen. Dozen. Exactly. <laughs> like dozen. Baker's dozen. Got it. Yes. All right. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Clue number one. These might be made by Ricola. Oh. Now, ah. 
Okay. <laughs> so first of all, I'm sorry, I have a story for everything apparently, but I used to sing that song. I, I was addicted to Ricola as a high school student. Uh, not in like a substance abuse way, just in like I really appreciated uh, non-sore throats. And uh, so my friends knew and they would even see me coming and they would sing the song, Ricola, Ricola. When it changes the key, that's the, that's the key. Um, so you are referring to lozenges. Exactly. And first of all, I love that because I was very nervous when I wrote this. I'm like, is, is he too young to know those cheesy commercials? But no, no, not no only I was, do I'm you in the know sweet them, spot. Yeah, it was your like, it was your uh, your trademark. That's fantastic. I sang them. I'm, I'm born in '77. I've been around. Rico Law is mm. a part of part of my youth. Fantastic. All right. So this this actress has a name derived from the Bantu word meaning to give thanks. Actress singer. Some some say. Although my son says she's more of an actress. Okay. So um, the Bantu word, give thanks, doesn't help me much. I'm just going to always share my thought process here. Love that. Actress and Z-E-N being in the name. And I give thanks that, that she exists. I would say Zendaya. Uh, exactly. Yes. Yeah, we are all thankful for Zendaya. Go Dune. Goes Very day appropriate of. name. Yes. Uh, well done. All right. You were two okay. for two. Okay. All right. This Disney movie, uh oh, according to internet conspiracy theories, was <laughs> to bury all mention of the cryogenic preservation of Walt Disney by flooding Google with a different word. What? <laughs> I that's, know that is a crazy clue. My kids, I was, I had a different clue, and my kids were like, "Yeah, no, do this one." So okay, um, so I'm audio, and I'm trying to relate to the words. So we got Disney, so I'm thinking cartoons and Disney obsessive movies, um, and cryo ice. So are we talking Frozen? Frozen, exactly. You Great. got it. Uh, what's the conspiracy? I'd love to know more about this. The theory is, or the rumor is, he was cryogenically frozen, so he's okay. going to come out in a in a couple decades and oh. start producing more movies. Uh, you and- know what? So, so here's the thing about that theory: if ever there were a time for Walt Disney to come back and save his company, it would be right now. All right, just two more. This okay. writer, this novelist, had a mini spat with Oprah Winfrey. A novelist who had a mini spat with Oprah Winfrey. Exactly. Who would have a spat with Oprah? First of all, I don't. I probably don't like this person. Um, if you got beef with Oprah, she then... yes, there he's a bit controversial, but okay. super talented. A it was over talented. a book he wrote that mm-hmm. she chose for her show, oh. and the book was called The Corrections. And he then said some disparaging things about the Oprah Winfrey audience. So she disinvited, this is my memory, she disinvited this person from the show, but still read his book because it was, you know, separate the artist from the art. He is a National Book Award winning guy. And his, uh, his first name is Jonathan. Thank you. That did it. Because I've just heard Jonathan Franzen, Jonathan Franzen, Jonathan Franzen, and it rolls off the tongue. Uh, so thank you for that assist. You got it. You get full credit. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's hard to find people with names with a Zen in it. Yeah. Um, all right, last one oh is uh, the part one of the clue is this was a 2022 Alyssa Milano movie that got 13% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> or. It's a word meaning bold and shameless. Hmm. Uh, Alyssa Milano, 2022, low-ranked movie, not that, helping. Yes, um, <laughs> I figured that would not be helpful. That was just sort of like, but, you know, to throw a little pop culture in there. Yeah, no, but I appreciate a, it. And a synonym bold. for bold, shameless. Uh, oh, okay, okay. Um, brazen. Brazen. Yes. You got it. This, you got five yeah. out of five. The, um, Perfect score. Oh, this is ironic. I can't think of the word that uh, synonym. <laughs> it's <the> synonym. <laughs> or in this case, synonym. Nice. Boom! Oh, oh my god! 
Oh! oh I wish we had a cash prize for like brilliant <laughs> wordplay, but we don't. I am thoroughly warmed up. This yes. is fun. This has been fun. Well, thank you. So you did great. Where can people find more Baratunde content? Uh, people can go to this place called a website. Um, <laughs> I have one uh, that I've had since 1999. Wow. I was very early. Baratunde.com is, uh, is the owned and operated hub of my universe. You can also find me on digital sharecropper sites such as Instagram or whatever <laughs> else owned by someone else. But mine is baritunday.com, so we can plug that. Well, thank you. I never heard that phrase, but it's it's brilliant. Digital <laughs> Thanks, sharecropper. Um, yeah. Before we wrap up, as always, one extra credit for you puzzlers at home. This word, it contains Zen and the clue is, it is a preceder of mast. Preceder of mast. All right, puzzlers, please don't forget to subscribe to the Puzzler Podcast, and we'll meet you here tomorrow for more puzzling puzzles that will puzzle you puzzlingly. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.